tale of the tape for this, our main event of the evening. We introduce the champion, Chris, the West Side Strangler Brennan. Let's get it all! What's up, guys? We're back to go over the results of the Bellator versus PFL uh, champ versus champ deal in Saudi Arabia. 100%. Almost. Oh, well, I guess I was 100% because I did say that uh bader had a chance but i did it was slim you know i i think is how i worded it yeah i did not think he was going to pull it off against that guy um he was also like i said is getting older yeah but um from from otherwise top to bottom bottom to top however you want to say it uh i picked it i just feel like bellator well first of all pfl is probably grateful that they purchased bellator right because yeah, they just bought a whole bunch of really good fighters right. and now they know yes. that they do but they that's why they bought them right it's a it's a better roster and by the time pfl started an organization the ufc was here bellator was here one fc was here all these other organizations already had all these fighters yeah so they got everybody else yep right so it's uh it was a obviously a smart purchase on their part and here they are now with you know a bunch of a bunch of uh savage guys to add to their roster and they're they're already putting together um well, not to put together but they're they've got kind of a whole lineup set for the start of the tournament yeah and you got to feel bad for the pfl guys that were cruising along maybe ranked 12th 13th 14th you know just kind of right so 94 guys got cut yeah right and i'm not sure that can't all be bellator guys i'm sure they kind of cleaned out both you know the pfl guys that they they had and didn't want anymore uh to make room for some of the bellator guys yep. and but but total between all the weight classes and both organizations 94 people were cut so and, and is that cut complete or do you th um like, do you know i don't if, know are, are they done i don't know okay i'm not sure that was a kind of a quick yeah. <laughs> just got, got rid of a lot of people low-hanging fruit that they could just go through really quick yeah and like i said i think i mentioned it on the on the pre-fight deal with this but uh the regional scene is going to be dangerous for a while yeah right? you've got 94 guys that want to get back to the big show so they're you know going to yeah. be all over the place yeah. fighting so and solid fighters i mean no oh a lot of, i mean they fighters. were there right they were yeah. there so it's uh if you were coming off of one loss, for example, and and I hate it, Weber Almeida got cut, right? Lucas's last really, opponent. yeah, he was so freaking tough and so good and exciting. So he's coming off a loss that he was winning, yeah, right, and and he gets cut, and he like was, you know he, that guy's going to give you an exciting fight, yeah, and and such so a a good dude on top of super, all of that, super. Let's jump in here. Uh, the only one of the um, the uh, undercard we want to talk about was Aaron Pico, Henry Corrales. Uh, Pico finished Corrales at 4.53 in round one due to strikes, ground and pound. Um, Pico seemed like he was dominating this fight for most of, I mean, it was a quick finish, but he seemed like he was owning it. So it was redemption, number one. Yes. He's one of the guys that knocked out Aaron Pico early in his career. Yep. Um, Number two, short notice for Henry Corrales. It was supposed to be Pico, and I cannot remember who, but he had a, another fight lined up, and it fell out pretty last minute, pretty within the last week, I believe, um, of the fight. And I forget who it was, but 
You can probably look on Tapology show the canceled. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can find it right here. Oh, uh, Gabriel Alves Braga. Okay. So he was supposed to fight one of the PFL guys. And that fell through. And then Henry Corrales jumped in on short notice and and uh, gave Pico a chance to redeem his early loss. And, and he did. As a fighter, and Luke hasn't taken any fights. Well, has Luke taken a fight on short notice like that no. before? I'm not about that with him. Yeah. Um, and I've got, so Lestat, yeah. my my 25-er, he fought. And then a month later, he fought, month and a half. Um, he just fought the other night, and he took a fight in, in 13 days. Uh, and he's coming up as an amateur, cool. You know what I mean? Like, get your fights in. You know, if you're in shape, it's great. At that level, I think um, the the only two things – that can get you to do that is a really nice check right and a clout you know like a a ranking if you if i'm number 14 and they're like hey number three got hurt do you want to fight on short notice well there's your chance you're not going to go back from 14 but you definitely might jump forward to three yeah you know so if it's a if it's a fight that is possibility you can win sure um but i'm you know we're we've done everything so by the book that's why the pfl tournament is even not a great idea for us because they fight every two months and our camps are three months yeah and making weight every two months is I don't, I don't even know it'd be possible for lucas and you know i spoke to jeremy kennedy and kai kamako in the in the locker room with the pi and they both were like yeah jeremy said i i can't do the tournament because of that but he's in the tournament coming up. As far as I'm, as far as I heard, I'm not supposed to say that, but I, I heard he is. So okay. uh, I don't know how, I don't know how you'll do it. But if you can, cool. Um, you got to feel bad for Corrales taking it on short notice. Sure. On the the wrong end of a redemption fight. Um, and so hopefully he got, hopefully his wallet's fatter. I'm, I'm sure it is, but now what? He's coming off a loss. Yeah. Right? I mean, he was already coming off a loss to Kai. He lost a split decision to Kai yeah, that we both thought he won. Yeah. Yep. And, and right. so now he's coming off of two losses. Yep. You know, so who knows what they do with him. One ne- more savage into the wild if yes. they let him go. Right. It's <laughs> like, scene. Yeah, that's a good call. AJ McKee, Clay Collard. This one also did not get out of round one. This was finished in a minute and 10 seconds. AJ McKee got him with a, uh, a triangle arm bar. Yeah, very um, slick. It was quick. And so I, I called this, I called the result correctly, but I called the fight wrong. I thought it would be much tougher. Yeah. Um, I thought Clay Collard was going to give him problems. He's big. Um, AJ at 55 hasn't been quite the, the finisher, you know. Um, so I, I thought it might be a tougher fight, but he's very slick and underrated off his back. And, and the person's name I was thinking of earlier was Derek Campos. He submitted Derek Campos off his back. He submitted um, uh, Darren Caldwell off his back. He submitted now Clay Collard off his back. He has really slick and underrated jiu-jitsu. And if you look back at even the really good jiu-jitsu guys fighting these days, you're rarely seeing submissions off the back. Yeah. You know, guys throwing up arm bars and triangles is just not – your normal thing, and especially against a guy like Clay Collard, who has a lot of fights, a lot of experience, and he knows when an armbar and a triangle is coming. 
Yeah, I mean, that's uh, armbar and triangle. That's jujitsu 101. I mean, that's that, those are white belt classes. For sure. Um, I, were you surprised? I mean, you don't see submissions uh, other than someone in your family. You don't see submissions that quickly in round one. That, that comes pretty fast. Yeah, sometimes that's when you see them just because their bodies are dry. They're more dry, okay. not slippery, and can't slide out of things quite as well as you can, like, third round. You know, it's much yeah. harder at that point. Um, but, you know, uh, it, it, again, I, I, feel like, I feel like he needs to be in the UFC because at this point, unless he's just going to continue to rematch uh, Pitbull. Yeah, there's no I one think, else for him. I don't. I think he he's kind of beats everybody. So and he, tw- at 22 and one, and avenged his only loss. There's there's nowhere else else right. for him really. Like to I'd go. be interested to see him fight Pico at 45. Okay, because they were training partners before. Yeah. Um, but he's he's and I heard he was coming back to 45, but maybe not. You know, well, he's fighting a 55 here, so we'll see. But he's big. Pico fought at 55 on the same card. So this weekend. Yeah. Oh, so that short notice for, for Henry Corrales, probably that's why. Okay. I wondered, me and Lucas were talking, I wondered how Henry was able to take it on short notice and make that weight. And make it, okay. Yeah. No. That, that, yeah, it was at 55. Romero and Chiago Santos. Um, this was a banger. I, I saw parts of this fight. And number one, those are just two. Go a distance. It did. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like fire hydrants swinging at each other. The yeah. guys are just they're just huge. This one was a unanimous decision that went to Romero. Um, I think that he was throwing. I think the volume was bigger, and I just Thiago Santos. I just don't think could keep up with what Romero. Was Joel is forty six years old. It's unreal. He's what six years younger than I am, and and fighting at the highest level. Um, yeah, Thiago Santos is, you know, he's a guy who fell off after the John Jones fight. Yeah. He, you know, questionably, you know, a lot of people thought he beat John Jones, and I think it was a split decision, and he lost. After that, he hasn't done a lot, and it like it all took it took it all out of him. Um, John King, that that uh, fights for me, lost a decision to him in Glory Kickboxing. And uh, he's a tough dude, you know, and he, he was very good. But I think what what happened after John Jones? Yeah, lost to Glover Teixeira, lost to Rachik, lo- uh, beat Johnny Walker, lost to Uncle Live, lost to Jamal Hill, lost to Yoel Romero. Right. So he's won one out of six, seven? One out of six. He's one in five in his last six fights. Go ends. Um, that's after 20, the loss to John Jones in 2019. Yeah, the split so. decision. And before that, he beat Jan Blahovich. He beat Kevin Holland. He beat Anthony Smith. You know, he beat some... Yeah, he had a good little run. That's how he ended up with the title shot against John Jones. Yeah. Um, Jack Hermanson. Like, he... Who's he, that loss to down here in the middle of all that? Uh, David Branch. Okay. David Branch. Does that... Does it say loss or no contest or is it loss? Loss punches. Okay. 230 round one. I know David tested positive at one point and had a DQ at some point, mm-hmm. but not maybe not against him. Not, yeah. Okay. So, 
yeah, Yoel's a who knows when that guy's going to stop fighting. Angels wonder <laughs> why, and you got to think like I, I, it can't be for the money. Hopefully, it's not for the money. I mean, he he just must still really like it. Yeah, I mean, he still does well, and I'm sure he gets paid very well. He's still a name. He is. Nemkov and Bruno Capaloza. Yeah, I love uh, Nemkov. Yeah, you did. Um, <clears throat> this was a char- uh, arm triangle choke yeah. uh, just shortly into round three. Yeah. Um, it was- but Ian Nemkov is a guy who you'll always associate with Bellator. He was, you know, um, I don't remember what his record is, but he's got three losses, I think, two or three losses. Uh, he climbed to 18-2. and two. His two losses okay. are early to Yuri Prohaska and Carl Albrechtson, uh-huh. and that goes back to 2015 and 2016. And then just went on a run, right? Just, and he this not fight, lost sense. was it heavyweight? Am I right? Uh, I heard he moved up to heavyweight. Yeah, I think it. I think it was. Let me let me double check. I think they listed it. Yeah, they're listed at two sixty five. Yeah, so he was a two hundred five er. Um, he's the one that that beat Corey Anderson in the rematch for the belt at two hundred five, and then he moved to two to, to heavyweight. So I'm not sure what he actually weighed in at, but that's pretty. Uh, actually, click on his name on his topology. Are you yeah. on it? Yeah, yeah. Scroll up. It'll tell you whatever his last weight was. Right there what does it say uh weight class heavy last weighing 238 238 so not a huge heavyweight but he's one of those hybrid styles because he was just coming up from 205 that he probably walks at that weight and he doesn't look you mm-hmm. know you see his his profile picture and, and yeah. he doesn't look noteworthy you yeah. know a little kind of soft a little bit doesn't you know he, he's not looking like Nganu in anything he's on like Fedor's that. team <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. He looks better than Fedor, but I guess that's, that's where, he comes, that's where yeah. he comes from. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Anyway, arm triangle, third round, that's awesome. Second round. Second round. Second round. Cool. It was early in the second round, too, I believe. Um, uh, two, it was in the middle of the second round. So, Jason Jackson beat Ray Cooper. This was, uh, this was ground and pound. Um, 23 seconds into round two, Jason Jackson finished him. I think he caught him and, 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 um, finished him really quickly in round two. That's impressive to me just because I know Ray and he's so tough and, and I've watched him get into a battle. If you go back to his fight, that was one fight ago or two fights ago. Um, uh, you talking about, uh, Derek Brunson? No, Brett, I, I missed that one, but I heard that was bad too. Brett Cooper? No, a loss. All right, uh, you're are you talking you're talking about Ray Cooper, yes. right? So Jason Jackson, obviously Derek Brunson, uh Carlos Leal. Those are his yeah, three. Yeah, Carlos Leal, um, that was a loss three fights ago. Yes. Yeah. So we were there for that fight. It was in Arlington, I believe. And uh holy smokes, it was it was a barn burner. It was uh he he got hit so hard. <laughs> and just ate him and then came back in the third round after like being being beat up so bad in the first two rounds and then came back in the third round and all of a sudden was like beating the crap out of him and I'm just like gosh like how do your these these Hawaiians you know how they take it I talk I was talking to Kai's dad earlier today um the one that's that's closer to my age and uh 
he said something about, yeah, the Hawaiians, they never learn. They still just want to stand and bang. And I said, well, you told me back in the day it was the poi. Do you know what poi is? I do know what yeah. poi is. They always used to tell me. They always used to tell me. It's so in the poi. Weird. It's in the poi. I was like, really? <laughs> That's why. Like, get, feed me some. <laughs> that stuff is, I can't handle it. Yeah. Um, you know, Ray did take this fight on short notice. It was going to be Magomed, Magomed Karimov. Kar- who, who Ray has fought also, I believe, for the title twice in PFL. Beat him once, lost him once. Um, so Ray did take that on on short notice, and he Ray beat him. Same one, same guy. Same guy. Um, lost to him a f- way back. Way back. In, wow, you got a good memory. Yeah, you lost. He lost to him in 2018, and then beat him um, in October of 2021. So both of those were the finals of the tournament, uh, and I was at the the MGM or Madison Square Garden one in New York. That was the first one, and, and Ray lost. Yeah, that. That and was then, on New Year's. That's the one yeah. where you tell the story about the snipers up on top of yes, the... Yes, uh, that's the night. Yep. Same night. Yep. <laughs> that's legit. Um, yeah, I know I know you're really pulling for Ray. You expected yeah. Jason to win this fight, but I know that you're pulling for Ray, and hopefully you know, hopefully he bounces back and, and continues to make progress, and hopefully things are good with his family sure. too. Johnny Eblen and Impa Kasagane. This one was a split decision. This went all three rounds. Yeah. Um, and Kasagane took it to Eblen, dropped him in the second round twice. He, he did. I was surprised at that, not at the result, but surprised that it w- went the distance. Then I was surprised that it was a split decision. You know, uh, I thought I thought Johnny Eblen would kind of run him over. Yeah. And Impa's the guy who got cut from the UFC. So he got jumping, spinning, yep. kicked from. Um, Joaquin Buckley. Correct. And uh, went over to PFL and ran through the tournament, won a million dollars. You know, then he, he comes across Eblen. And I just felt like Eblen was going to, you know, after listening to everybody that trains with Eblen talk about Eblen, I thought it might be a short night for Impa. And it wasn't. It was a, And it was close. Yeah, it was a close fight. It was, it, Impa showed up. Dropped and, him, yeah. And, yeah, the second round, easily he won the second round. Um, I, I can't see the scores. I'd, I'd be really curious to see which rounds the the judges disagreed on. But right. round two went to Impa. He, it was. I'm a little bitter about split decisions at the moment, anyway. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get to that we'll later. We'll get to that. So yeah, I, I, Impa showed up. Um, I was shocked. And you know, Johnny Eblen, we've talked about him before. 15 and 0, just dominant. Yeah, just a stud. And you know he's I, had two hard ones now though. His last one was uh, Leon Edwards or not Leon uh, no. Fabian Edwards, his brother, and uh, got cut in that pretty bad. I don't know if he got dropped in that fight, but he was in a he was in a fight in that yep. one. Yeah. So his last two have been you know much he, tougher fights. He did finish Fabian. Oh, he um, did. Yeah, he did. What, yeah, what elbows and punches and beginning around three. Okay. Okay. So the final one, which, uh, you know, you hope the last fight is going to be the best fight. And this one lasted all of 21 seconds. Hennon Ferreira beat oh, yeah. Ryan Bader. And this was, um, to steal a term from you, this was one-way traffic for all 21 seconds. It did not last long. And yeah. Bader so I, was stunned. I picked Bellator to run the, you know, run the table on all these guys, except for this fight. I said that. Does Bader have a chance to win? Sure, but I thought that that Henry Ferrer was going to beat him. He's too big. He, if you looked at them stand by each other, yeah, uh, there was a there was a side by side of them 
with Mike Tyson standing right behind both of them. <laughs> Mike Tyson looked like a little kid. Well, yeah. And then Bader was big, and then this guy made Bader look like Mike Tyson. Like, he was so much bigger. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what he what he weighed in at, but his um, he's got to be getting close to the cap, you know, of the weight class. Yeah, let me see if I can find that. So just to talk about the height difference, Bader comes in at 6'2". Uh, Ferreira's six eight. Yeah. So he's yeah he's he's a so monster. Say right at the top. Uh, last weigh in two sixty three point two. So he's he, at the cap. He, he might two have to be. Two pounds away from the cap. I mean, he might have to be managing weight coming. Yeah. You know, the last couple weeks of the fight just yeah. to make sure that he's making That's it. That's crazy. He's a big dude. He's a big dude. Yeah. So twenty one seconds knockout. Bader, I believe, is getting close close to forty years old, um, or is forty. Yeah, he is forty. Yeah, you know. There's turn only, 41 this year. There's actually. only there's only a few guys who can stick around and fight at that age. Yeah, and uh, he can, but you can't. He can't. I don't know that he can compete at the top level yeah. at that age, right? Like you can get some fights, but if you're if you're defending your belt or trying to get a belt, it's very difficult. So overall, um, Bellator really. I mean, other than the final one, it, yeah. it was a it was a clean clean sweep at Bellator, which is kind of exactly how you thought it was going to go. I mean, I don't know that anybody's They could really grab five surprised. other guys against five other guys and it would do the same thing. Probably it doesn't do have same. to be the champions. Yep, yep, I agree. It was a busy weekend. Um, would you let us in on, on how your weekend went outside of this? So, Mexico City, uh, corner Victor Altamirano. Um, he, in my opinion, he had won round one and round two. Um, pretty pretty handily, he, he got nine takedowns in, in this fight. And people online or you know the the people who are arguing it said, oh he didn't do anything with him. I said, but he took him down nine. He did something to this man nine times yep. that the guy couldn't stop. Yeah. So the strike count was even. Okay, they gave more significant strikes to to uh, who do we fight? Uh, Dos Santos. Oh yeah, Rafa, uh, uh, Felipe Dos Santos. But when it came down to the end. If they say they were even strikes, okay, and and everything's even, we had two or three minutes of top control and nine takedowns. So there's a separation, right? And people are like, oh, the, he did more damage. No, he didn't do damage. We, we weren't bleeding. That dude was bleeding out of his nose and his mouth. Yep. You know, uh, he knocked him on his butt with a sidekick. He took him down nine times. You know, this guy's highlight was in the third round. He got, he got uh, Victor's back. Was trying like hell to choke him. Yeah, it was up against the. It was super awkward yeah, up against he, the fence. It was very right? slick. Um, he Victor shot on him and he jumped to his back on the takedown. Victor got out nicely, got back to the feet. Victor was tired in the third round because he pressed hard in the first two rounds, and we we're at seventy four hundred foot altitude, which was wild. Yeah, and that guy was tired in the first two rounds. Yes, when he saw Victor tired in the third round, he pressed. But so so watching it live. I'm thinking, okay, we, we probably lost the third round, but he won the first two rounds, no question. Bro, I got in the cage and congratulated him. Me and James were congratulating each other. Like, I've never been more sure about a decision in my life. And I, I sat there confident, and as soon as they said, Judge so-and-so scores it, I was like, like I think it's split. And then I'm like, no way, it's split. And then we're in Mexico City. So I'm like, okay, if it is, they went 30-27, <laughs> Victor, which was which – was, generous i would have taken 29 28 yeah then it goes 29 28 the other guy 
I'm thinking, okay, what round could they have possibly given him? But whatever. And then they said 29-28 again with the other guy, and I lost my mind. I lost my mind in the octagon, freaking out. I turn around and Dominic Cruz, I'm like, who's the freaking ref or who's the freaking judges? And he goes <laughs> like that. And I was like, dude, I was so mad because literally every person, you couldn't even hear this guy's interview because the crowd booed oh, yeah. so loud. And then we went in the back, every single person. Oh, that was a robbery. That was a robbery. You, yeah. got, you, you, you beat him. That was a robbery. Online, same thing everywhere. And I'm like, you know, people are like, oh, takedowns don't matter if you don't do something with them. Wrong. You, you'll score more if you do something with them. Yeah. But if I take you down nine times, I'm dominating you. I'm doing something so you can't stop. Yeah. Is there an argument that he had to take him down nine times because he couldn't keep him there? Is there the an argument that it? that guy had to stay on his feet because he couldn't go to the ground with us? Absolutely. Right? I mean, yeah. that, that, that's, that's, uh, sure. We took him down because we could take him down. Sure. That's part of the game plan. You know, um, I would have liked him to throw a few more punches on the ground um, to, to I would have got the strike count up a little bit higher, yep. you know, but he was he was wearing him out. He was taking him down, letting him climb up to, the, you know, work his way up, taking him down again, yep. working his way up, landing punches like he got hit. It says 20 something times. Um, Victor would tell you that it wasn't 20 something times. He got hit once very hard. Yeah, ate it like a champ, and I was like, "Oh, okay, cool, cool." <laughs> all right, all right. And he was fine, but I, I was just so disappointed, man. I was so bummed for him because they stole a moment that would have lasted a lifetime with him. Yeah, in his hometown, so where they town. went absolutely crazy for him, and the judges, the three blind mice that sit alongside the cage, who who never trained or fought a day in their lives, yep. are are you know picking the winners and the purses for these guys' uh, careers, and I, I hate it. Total strikes, according to UFC's website, uh, was 52 to 62 in favor of DeSantos. Okay. Other than that, significant strikes, um, Altamirano edged him out, 40 to 37. And then, of course, the two big ones, nine takedowns to zero. You got one submission attempt for Felipe. And then your total control time was five minutes and two seconds versus 51 seconds. And that 51 seconds came late in the third when he was, that's the submission attempt, right. I'm assuming, in that, and right. when he had him on top control. Uh, statistically, you look at it, and then when you look at the fight, um, you look at, at Dos Santos' post-fight interview, his teeth were all bloody. Oh, yeah. out his, I mean, spit, I was watching him spit blood out of his mouth in between every round. Yeah. Yeah, and and Victor looked like he could go get his pictures taken. Yeah, afterwards. he was fine. He was tired. He was for sure tired. For sure, that guy was more tired. If you listen to his interview, oh, yeah. he couldn't even talk. Yeah, you know, and and Victor was tired, but he was tired because he was be he was beating the guy for two rounds. You know, he pressured him for two rounds, and everyone's like, oh, all he did was run in the in the third round. Okay, case cool, say that. Go ahead and say that. Oh, he lost the third round. Okay, cool. Right now, what? Right. How do you go back and give him the win over the first two rounds? You know, and the same judges or the, or the judges that gave it 29-28 gave that guy the second round and uh, gave Victor. The, everyone gave Victor the first round and they gave second round to that guy. I thought the second round was was as dominant. He got he got six takedowns in the first round, uh, two takedowns in the second round, I think, and then one takedown in the third round. And and they're like, uh, well, you split all those over. Over three rounds, I said yes, but there was only one in the third round. 
he dominated the first two rounds. Yep. And you've already given him round three, so the right. fact that he only got one takedown is moot. And here's the other bullshit thing that I've wanted to talk about, and I've talked about it before. When there is a decision, why does it take long to come into the cage when it's a split decision? Yeah. If you're a judge, you mark down round one. You mark down round two. Yep. You mark down round three. When round three is over, it's over. That's it. So there's nothing There's nothing gets changed. You don't get to change what you picked on round two because now, oh, God, the wrong guy's winning, right? Like, it, it's, it's clear as day unless you can't decide who won the third round, which was the clearest round. That, they, that, that I thought that guy won the third round. Yep. It is easy. You now take those three scores and go up there and read them. But every time it takes long, you know someone's about to get screwed, and that's what happened. Yeah. You know, it was taking a while, it was taking a while, it was taking a while, and all of a sudden they come in the cage, and it's a split decision. It, it should be mandatory. You put in the, the final of the end of the round. You have one minute to do it between round one and round two. You have one minute to do it between round two and round three. Why do you not just get one minute to do it at the end of round three, and it's over? Turn yep. in your papers with one, within one minute and bring them inside. Hey. There should be no argument about that. I, I would agree. I would absolutely agree. Did you get to see any of the other fights that night? Were you no. watching? I watched, I watched the last two on my uh, phone okay. in the bus on the way home. How about Brian Ortega? Brian Ortega's a stud, dude. Like, <laughs> what a savage. He... Uh, he destroyed his ankle right before the fight. Do you see it? I did. He he jumped up and rolled it, and it, yeah, it was and a he pretty... got all like this, and then Henner Henner was like all of a sudden like, oh my god, I saw a ghost, and then uh, he went out there and lost, and then comes back out there and wins. And, comes and out not, there finishes it, he, loses the first round. I I wondered if if there was a discussion for a ten eight round one. I mean, he got yeah. he got ran over he pretty did. hard. Well, um, you can always take the ten eight away with a finish. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and then Moreno and Royval, it was a great fight. Um, yeah, I was I was sad to see Moreno walk away with another L. That was tough. He's not done great since uh, since moving to where he's moved to. Yeah, um, he was doing fantastic with James Krause uh, at Glory MMA, and he was doing fantastic on his own before that. Um, but since going to the gym that he's at now, he is just he's lost more than he's won. Um, he's he needs someone to help him get better, coaching wise. You know, he needs someone to help him improve coaching wise. He's not changed much. Yeah. Over that time, and uh, he he's a top guy, right? He's at the top, and he needs to fight top guys. So he needs to be like Henry Cejudo's calling him out now. He needs. Um, I'm not saying he doesn't have good bodies to train with. I'm, I'm sure he does, but he needs to. Uh, he needs the improvement and someone to help him improve too bad we don't know anybody that could help him with them yeah that's what everyone says when i said that i don't even mean me you know i don't even mean me or or coming here but he needs somewhere that has guys that are fighting at the top level not the middle of the ufc level or the bottom level yeah at the top level because that's where he's at and where he is there's no one like that they all get to the middle and then they fade back down and and brandon moreno is champion right he's a champion two times and he needs a top guy to uh a top coach or coaches to get him back to the top there to get him change he needs change so now uh roy Vall's in line to fight pantoja that'll be an interesting fight yeah mm -hmm. something to to keep an eye out and yeah it sucks to see moreno go in a two-fight skid after everything he did against figueredo and, yeah and just so okay cool cool Thank you guys for watching. 
leave your comments in the in the comment section. It is all over. Just like that. <laughs>